Welcome all to a weird and special edition of the Battle on Braves the FC podcast. We talk pro soccer up in the DMV and across the United States. I'm a flabbergasted Jose Banya speaking to you live in, <laughs> in my house. I, I have to do the silly intro. Joining me, as always, is Mario Banya for the Dipo Latino because we literally just recorded this episode. We're going to try our best to edit some of the previous episode, but you will not hear Mario's glorious t- five-minute rant about DC United's incompetence in their coaching abilities because breaking right now, and I think it's just best that we do a segment called Reading, Wayne Rooney and DC United have agreed on terms to become the club's new manager, according to sources confirmed to The Athletic. Just days after being linked to the potential move back to D.C., the Manchester United and England great Wayne Rooney arrived to the district to talk with the Major League Soccer side to take their head coaching job. Rooney touched down at Dulles International Airport in suburban Virginia on Sunday night to meet with club officials. Rooney, who just recently stepped aside from the English championship side Derby County after a tumultuous 18th month run as their manager has been in touch with United about a potential move for weeks, according to multiple sources. As a player, Rooney captained D.C. to a memorable stay between 2018 and 2019 before cutting his contract shortly to return to Derby County. He will inherit a squad that's currently in 13th place in the Eastern Conference and are fresh off a 7-0 destruction loss against the Philadelphia Union that ranks as one of the club's most lopsided loss in history. Ashton, who took the reins as United interim after the departure of Hernan Lozada, was intended to guide the club through the end of the season at a minimum, but that may change. Unquote. Mario, you had sent me the tweet of Pablo's report right as we were going off mind and then the video of what said Wayne Rooney meeting known communication officials <laughs> at the entrance of Dallas International Airport. I have no words for this. We just finished recording. Hold on, wait. I think I, I think I can encapsulate this. You thought this season was couldn't get any wilder? Hold my damn beer <laughs> We just we just finished recording a podcast. I said I can edit it tonight. I have a, I have work stuff to do in the morning. And Wayne Rudy said, "Hold my weight, be a mate." And this is where we are. It's just TSA must have been like, "I remember you." <laughs> so until we could confirm, this is basically all reports. Wayne did take over Derby County. They did get relegated in the League Two because of a financial situation where they were declared solvent. In American terms, they were declared bankrupt. They had to take a point deduction, and Wayne wasn't able to get enough results to to cancel that out. That normally happens a lot in Europe. When when you get bankrupt, you get a point deduction. Normally, it's to ensure that you go down as well. And it happened in Derby's case, in Derby's case, and here we are. I'm just stunned that this is the end result. That it would be Wayne Rooney. I really did think, and, and we haven't gotten ink to paper yet. We haven't had the press conference. We haven't had Wayne holding the jersey again. But I do think a this shows how desperate Wayne is of looking for a new challenge immediately after the Derby County situation. With a club that he trusts, weirdly enough, he thinks he can trust DC United. Um, <laughs> but not only that, he, I, I am stunned at the speed because I really did think all the rhetoric was that they were going to take their time with this one, similar to the one with Hernan. And Hernan was a last-minute pick, if we recall. I remember him, Hernan wasn't even on the radar for head coaches. You went through Gonzalo Pineda, Ezra Hendrickson, Chris Armas, Jill Ellis, a random assistant at Barcelona, another random assistant at Manchester City, Clarence Sador for some reason, and then we land at Hernan Lozada. No, we said, forget forget this. Yo, Wayne, you want this job? 
We just got shellacked on on Friday. Come now. Now, the other question is, we discussed this in the previous recording. If Wayne becomes the head coach, they still have to interview a minority candidate. MLS has its own version of the, the Rooney rule. I guess one can argue when they fired Hernan, they interviewed Nicolas Frutos. Hopefully they have an answer for us. I don't know what that is right now. We, we, we were getting this all right now. This all began on Friday. For, for those who are unsure, this happened this Friday. Began, this began on Friday with a Daily Mail report. Remember, right. this is Daily Mail. You can take it with a grain of salt. Right. This kind of bubbled a little more over the weekend. And then earlier today, there was a photo on Twitter circulating of Wayne being on a flight, allegedly, at the time, we were going with allegedly, being on a flight to D.C. It is now 9.50 p.m. and the man's at Dulles. Well, he landed 30 minutes ago. He landed right just before... 9.30, uh, caught a photo op with a couple of fans that happened to be there or, you know, were coming down from their flights and going, holy crap, that's Wayne Rooney. And clearly our our designated co- cohorts over at the United Press Box, we had Paolo Bauer and <laughs> Steve Goff were paying attention to the British Airlines flights landing at Dulles or had a little bit of a tip um, that Wayne was coming. Um, Steve Goff took a video. <laughs> that's how we know that Wayne Rooney landed at Dulles at about well, 9.30. But just to clear up the timeline here for those who are still probably confused or when they listen to this, they go, so this is how it happened? The story, the, the Daily Mail story, which no one took with a grain of salt. It's the Daily Mail. It's basically a tabloid. Port on Friday, the interest between D.C. and Wayne. Saturday comes the Washington Post has four sources, more multiple sources saying there was interest, but there was unclear if a move could happen. This is what the Post reported. One side, the both sides have been in contact for multiple, multiple weeks, but because the team is near the bottom, talks have pivoted in him coming into this season. So the idea was originally Wayne would come at the start of next season. Wayne reportedly also had interest in a Premier League job it is unclear if that was a, you know, the interim coach or, I mean, as a coach or an assistant or a scout or, a, you know, we don't know. The Daily Mail first reported that United had began talks. We just talked about how the Athletic confirmed that these talks began in the past couple of weeks. So it wasn't something that just happened out the randomness. This has been going on. We did want to also include, and the Post did this a good job, we discussed about this, that in, during his first stay here, one of the major issues was Wayne had his family situation and Colleen feeling homesick. Uh, Colleen in uh, the text messages that have been released during the, you know, I'm not going to read them all again, but essentially during, the, during her Rebecca Vardy case that's still pending currently in the courts, she, in the text, it says that she felt homesick. She didn't find D.C. as entertaining for her children, things that their children could do. And she just felt, she, look, at least her husband was happy. Her children were somewhat happy and they were acclimated well, but she just didn't feel well acclimated. And that was partially the reason why the three and a half year deal was cut at two and a half in Wayne's athletic journey. Basically, that ended his his professional career because he would go to Derby County, play a couple of games, and then suddenly become the interim coach and then the head the head manager over in Derby County. I guess Mario, if this ends up being the shit, I haven't seen a lot of Derby County. I doubt you have seen a lot of Derby County. I will be I honest, guess, I have not. Mm. I guess a better question would be to ask what is the immediate fixes? that we have to hope and see Wayne can do. One thing I will say, there, <laughs> I'm about to piss off a lot of United fans. I expect Ola Kamar's situation to be fixed and dealt with before the end of the season because 
if they have Ola Kamara on contract, Wayne's going to play him at a nine. And Wayne's going to entrust him because he knows who he is. So I expect the first order of business is figuring out who can be that nine. And because Wayne's a former striker. If Ola is going to be that nine, I expect his contract to be renewed before the end of August. That is actually something that I could see totally happening going into it. Um, <laughs> ju- just because there is familiarity with Ola Kamara. If people don't remember, Ola Kamara was here at the final stretch of Wayne Rooney being here in D.C. So there is that base of familiarity. And I think what I the two things I expect, if this ends up being legit, will be a change of style of play. Forget this fake me out press that we've been playing the last month and some change. That's dead. That's going to be dead. He's going to implement his own style. Again, it'll be, I expect it to be dead on arrival. But we may see something different next year. Right. Uh, I think for, like you said, me and you have not watched a lot of Darby County. So we don't know what his coaching style is or what he prefers to play. But expect the press to be dead on arrival. I think the second thing that will probably be coming into question more in the next season, not so much this season, would be the captaincy. Uh, who's going to be your captain going forward? I think it'll be Steve Birnbaum. Like Steve has been going to London a lot, visiting Wayne. They still keep good rapport. Their spouse is still good friends. I I don't know. I don't know what to say <laughs> on the captaincy front, but I do think that one thing we do need to understand is that a lot of the guys that were here when Wayne was here are gone, but a lot of the people who were still friendly with Wayne are still here. Ola's still here. Uh, Birnbaum is still here. Chad Ashton may still be a part of the coaching staff. I want you guys to keep that in mind. I'm putting it, I'm telling you now, so you don't get mad later. <laughs> that, that's a possibility. He's going to probably be one of his assistants. Uh, I know that that's not something that fans want to hear. But again, Chad Ashton was here during the Wayne Rooney era. You think Ben Olsen survived a long time being head coach of DC United? Chad Ashton has survived here longer than Ben Olsen. Remember that. I, I do think, I do agree with you that the candidacy may be an issue. What I think the immediate issues are the forward line. And I think also his backroom staff but also, and this is probably underrated, Wayne's going to see Andy Nahar and go, well, why isn't this man up front? Why is he not playing in the midfield? So I expect some changes in the back line. They're going to revert to a four-back. I know that for a fact. But he's going to ask, why is this man on the bench on Friday? And he's also going to ask, what can I expect from Andy Nahar? I think he's... Andy's already been re-signed. He's going to want to get Andy in. If there's one thing I do remember, you know this better from me, from your match, watching Manchester United, when Wayne played there, they played a lot of running fullbacks. Wayne may want to keep Andy as a fullback, but he may also like the fact that he's so fast, he may want to put him in the midfield. He may play a Patrice Evra role now, going back to his Manchester United days, because that, that was... Patrice Evra's role, but Patrice Evra was a little more defensive than Andy Nohar. And so I just have to say, this news broke so fast. The fact that I'm just putting out this tweet and my phone is lighting up like a Christmas tree. This is Friday all over again. And I guess we could talk about it real quickly. What necessitated this move possibly being rushed is the shellacking that they took on Friday. We might as well talk about it now. It, they took a beatdown of epic proportions against Philadelphia, seven nothing. Yeah, that'll that'll rush a coaching process. That that'll do it. Yeah, 
All, all this happened because DC United done decided to lay an egg in Philadelphia on Friday night on national television. They took a beating on national television. And now we're here Sunday night. Originally, we were rant- I was ranting and sulking. And now we're here talking about Wayne Rooney is going to be the new coach for DC United. And all this was facilitated because... Philadelphia threw him through a table ECW style in Philadelphia on national television. Correction, Chester on national television on Friday night. Yeah, they did that uh, just briefly because uh, Julian Cardenas, um, he's got a, he netted a hat trick. Alejandro Padoya hit a great header goal. Um, the only two times Alejandro Bedoya is going to score this season, by the way. And he seems to only score against DC United. Which is uh, ridiculous. <laughs> they scored five before the end of the half. United had no offense in the first half. It meagerly had some in the second half. Uh, Taxi Funtas was the only energy they had. Uh, closer oh, to the eight. Behind Ola Kamara, by the way, going into the immediate future. Around the 60th minute, when uh, when Brad Smith got hurt, which we'll get to that in a second, because we're gonna have to re we're we're, we're just redoing all of this. Uh, <laughs> you know, Chris Dewey Adsum came in for Brad Smith, who got hurt, and then that's when United went back to that 4-4-2. At that point, it was only 6-0. Then the seventh came. And then after that, United maintained some stability in the back. But it was already too little too late. They tied the record with five other results for the worst loss. Some of those results some of those results have so the biggest result of losing seven goals was eight to one. That was in nineteen ninety-eight. It was the LA Galaxy beating the daylights out of FC Dallas when they were called the Dallas Burn at the time. The other results that were 7 nothing going into this include the second edition of the Hudson River Derby in 2016 when the Red Bulls scored a touchdown against the soccer team on a baseball stadium against New York City FC. And Atlanta, if I'm not mistaken, either 2017 or 2019, where they beat the New England Revolution 7 to nothing. Right. <laughs> I mean, there you go. I mean... It was bad. It was bad yeah. to the point where it necessitated this to probably be rushed. I don't know. Now, Paulo Maurer's reporting currently. Um, we don't know Wayne Rooney's visa status at the moment. However, it will take a minute. He won't be coaching this Wednesday against the Columbus crew. Normally, how visa processes work in this country, it's more than likely that Wayne's process will take between 7 to 14 days. So just by looking at the calendar real quick, DC United has their game against Columbus this this Wednesday, which if it is that Wayne Rooney is the new head coach, I expect him to be presented in front of the, the fans. They have their game on the road against Minnesota United this Saturday. Then they play again they play against Bayern Munich in a friendly <laughs> next Wednesday <laughs> before hosting Montreal. More so than he'll likely, be by, most likely by the Orlando game on the thirty-first. I could see either that or it, if the process goes by quickly, Montreal. I could see Montreal, but but that tells you more about the state of way of where. DC United was and currently is. There is no focus. They need a presence that actually has head coaching experience and will hopefully bring some more stability. We mentioned this in the first edition. We kind of mentioned this in the first edition and bears repeating. Chad Ashton has no sense, in my opinion, no sense of match awareness of when to make those changes, when to make those situational changes. The fact that we waited that long to switch to a 442 to finally stop the leakage is is nuts to me. It's very, very crazy to me. 
So the fact that here we are, a new coach is coming doesn't surprise me. But I did think United pulled the trigger. If Wayne was the guy all along, I do feel that there's some candidates they're leaving out on. We kind of talked about it a little bit. I, I honestly did think that they were going to go after an international coach because there are going to be so many available after the World Cup that they would have to choose a pick of the litter of people who want a new challenge and possibly don't want to jump into the Premier League. They probably don't want to go to their own country. Maybe they want to do a new challenge. And here we are now. We're back in the Wayne Rooney sweepstakes, and we win it again. <laughs> Welcome back to Wayne's World, ladies and gentlemen. But, but I do think, hopefully, if it's true that it's been weeks, I hope that's true. I hope Why it's been weeks of negotiations. Bale could have been here. <laughs> Don't give these people hope. I had to shut them down originally. I thought in the last podcast, this was not going to happen. As a matter of fact, I need to cut. That's the one thing from the original rant. We'll clip in it right here. That I said this would not happen. That the family situation would be so bad, it would not happen. And here we are. They did oh, not my beer. Mm. Here we are. They, I thought they were going to interview Hugo Perez from the Salvador national team because that's going to blow up in the Salvador's face and he's going to be out of a job soon. You thought it'd be a good idea that they would do um, Marcelo Gallardo. Who's I suggested Marcelo the last time they went through a coaching change. <laughs> it just <laughs> <And> makes sense. <laughs> and here we are. Wayne Rooney. I, 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 I'm, I'm stunned they pulled it off the first time. Now they pulled it off again. This time, can I get a photo with the man? I didn't get my chance last time. Like, I'm like, get my chance this time. Like, like, like what, can we, what, can, what can I do <laughs> to make that happen? Can I suggest, We're can built I suggest the same way now. Like, <laughs> like can we make this happen? I was thinking as a fan, but I'm also thinking as <laughs> we didn't get that final year. And I feel like if you're a DC United fan, you're getting back that final year we didn't get. We were robbed of that final year. <laughs> oh now, now now since we're since we're living in bizarre world all of a sudden, <laughs> um can the first transfer for next season be Lucho Acosta? Oh god, no. <laughs> I think you have a better midfielder slash attacker if Taxi Fountas that could fit that role perfectly. And I think if there's one person who likes those speedy, attacking, aggressive players, look at the people he put Wayne Rooney's played around and maybe even go look at his Derby, Derby County rosters. Wayne loves – that's why I picked on Nandy specifically, and Fontes fits his role, too. Look at when Wayne was here. He had Paula Riola. He, he had Lucho Costa. He likes playing around guys. He speed. too. He likes playing with young, smaller guys or just guys that are tall with speed. He played with Cristiano Ronaldo for for sakes. Like, you know he loves that type of player. Hell, he played with Carlos Tevez. Carlos Tevez fits that role. Perfectly. He retired. Don't don't do any ideas of bringing him in. That's all I say. Oh, <laughs> who said any? Come on, you now. know this. Uh, look with this team now. I'm not surprised about anything anymore. They caught me twice with a Wayne Rooney surprise. How am I supposed to feel at this point? <laughs> um, oh man, I should have suggested Carlos Tevez for this coaching job. To be honest with you. <laughs> Um, real quick, we do have to say Wayne's going to have to deal with two injury situations, and that is Bill Hameen's going to be out for two months, two to three uh, months. Resigning, by the way, I, I can now see it now. Bill Hameen's going to stay with these coach. Well, we had a whole thing of, well, the Washington Post is reporting Bill's in his last year of his contract. It's unclear if there's a player or team option. He's making 700K this year. Would the team want to? Because it's clear to me that Romo is on an audition for the starting job. 
since the moment he's been put in goal, Bill's been out since before, before his last game was before the two week break that United had in June. He had hand surgery for his left hand for a ruptured ligament. He's in the last year of his contract. He's 31. Do you go to maybe rejuvenate your career with another MLS club? But I'm kind of with you. I remember him with Wayne. He enjoyed, he relished the attention. And he likes playing with more eyes on him. And I think Bill would feel revigorated with not just a new leader, but having that attention back on him. Right. And so that that comes into play now when, when Bill comes back because you're going to be playing with a guy that you used to play with. So there's that familiarity level there. And so... It's gonna, it's gonna probably reinvigorate him to actually want to stay with DC United. So this kind of changes everything now, and everything that we touched on on the previously recorded episode of this episode. And, and this one is shorter because we're killing all the ranks. Um, <laughs> thanks, DC United. Uh, we do have <laughs> to mention that they did win on the Fourth of July uh, Goal Fest five two in Orlando. Thanks to three goals from Taxi Funtas. Oh, Nigel um, Roberts is also going to be staying on the team, isn't he? That's the thing. I do think we're, Wayne's going to have to take a look at not just the today, because remember, they believe they have a playoff team. So not just the today, the future. And he's got to really take a look. Do you have too much of the same player and not enough flexibility and not that positional player you definitely need. One thing for certain, they need an eye. They definitely need that. They're going to have to situate the, the center back situation is also going to be key. But Brendan Heinzeck, I think, could play left back. He's probably still better center back. Uh, you could maybe play Pines on right back if necessary. We'll see. Yeah, I, but, I trust Pines more as a center back, but. Who well, knows? here we are. We know now Birnbaum is good. <laughs> like, Birnbaum is going to be good. And so I, I expect him to remain as the captain going forward. Brad Smith, who would have been maybe one of the candidates for those wingback roles, will be out for the rest of the season with a torn left ACL. Um, he suffered it around and, the 60s. And also, now you got to think about now that we're in the middle of the transfer market. How much leverage does DC United have with signing with potential signing for the summer now knowing that Wayne Rooney is going to be your head coach? Well, a lot, especially with Brad Smith gone. We already said that they had an issue at the beginning of the year replacing Kevin Paredes in the way he treated that left midfielder role where he was just he basically was Andy Nahar but younger and more technically gifted on the left-hand side where Andy played the wing-back role on the right-hand side. So you had a double dual threat. Now, I'm not saying Brad Smith wasn't doing the same either, but Brad Smith is more of your typical winger with speed. And it's not that tactical awareness acumen that I could get you on attack. I can get you with opportunities on goal, uh, creating passes to create shots. Like, it wasn't that. And so, um, one, wish Brad Smith all the best. I hope he gets better. It's the second time he's ruptured this this ACL. Um, hopefully, he's going to be back next season. And secondly, I do agree with you. Because now, any left wingers that you may have wanted, a nine that you wanted, they're going to have to second think about it. Like, hey... Derby's situation was not Wayne's fault. This is a this is a, a all-star caliber striker that can give me the ones and twos on how to be great offensively. I would want to play with that guy. We see it with Real Madrid when they had Zidane. You see it with Xavi. Xavi's basically embraced every player that was there before and at, before he was there, and nobody wants to leave that club. That's why they're having problems <laughs> selling players in Barcelona to build to get that wage gap down. 
I could definitely see what you're saying with Wayne Rooney and possible DPs and as well as just regular talents looking to come and play with DC. This just this whole this whole story just changed the landscape. And I'm not saying that because it's Wayne Rudy. It, it just kind of changes the way you're going to the direction of the club in a way going forward. Just because you got Wayne Rooney, who was who's arguably one of the best strikers England's ever produced, coaching a team that he played for. And you saw the response when he played here, how much they gravitated to come see Wayne Rooney. Now you're going to get, you're getting him as a head in this new phase in his career as a head coach. And you're going to want play, players are going to want to learn from, from a great, from a, I can't even say generational talent, but a guy that was really good in his prime. And want to learn and learn and absorb everything he's got to say, and it opens up much more opportunities at this point to bring in more players to the club. So th- this right here is probably one of like the main one of the main positives in hiring Wayne Rooney, if with everything that's going on. But man, I think it just caught everybody off guard on a Sunday. Yes, it did. Mind you, MLS went nuts this weekend. Like, if you didn't watch MLS this weekend, Acha Acha debuted. The Texas Derby went nuts. Two goals in the stoppage time that was also delayed due to race homophobic chants being chanted. Uh, Jose Martinez basically talking trash post-game. Oh, oh he, threw, he was like, all of y'all go get this today. Nobody was saved during that Joseph Martinez press call, presser. No, after Atlanta got beat up 3 nothing by Austin, Gareth Bale showing up in a Trafico where they destroyed. They also had a great performance See, against the Galaxy. Was, he, it wasn't Carlos Vela. It wasn't Chicho Arango who scored the, ga- who scored the game-sealing goal for LAFC. Cifuentes was the hero. Of El Trafico. And Chicharito was nowhere to be found. So much so, Giorgio Chiellini was on the bench for the entire game. Well, also, it was reported that he may not even play. But the fact that he ran on the field to celebrate the third goal just tells you how great. I just told you Giorgio Chiellini and Gareth Bale on the same team. Yet, ending the weekend is Wayne Rooney becoming the head coach of D.C. United. Mind you, we're not even talking about the fact that the CONCACAF Champions League champions, Sounders, got beat up by the Timbers. On the day they unveiled their banner! <laughs> what are we doing, MLS? What are we doing? MLS said, <laughs> you, you want rivalry weekend to go off with a bang, damn it? We got you. DC United started off the weekend by getting embarrassed on national television. They're ending the weekend with a bombshell of a news story. Speaking of teams that are seeing their playoff chances go down the drain, the Washington Spirit. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, we, this Sunday was not a fun time being a Spirit fan. A second-half substitution, CC uh, Kaiser scored the lone goal of the match as Kansas City Current beat the Spirit 1-0 at the illustrious Segura Field. <laughs> Uh, Kaiser took in a soft <laughs> roller shot past Devin Kerr, who dove the wrong way to get the goal. Uh, A.D. French showed why she had prospects of playing on the national team. Four great saves, including the the stoppage time save in the penalty spot, which was already a questionable penalty in my book. Spirit are now... Winless in their last 11. Haven't won since opening day. Mario. Are we just at this point like, yo, screw the Olympics. Can we get our players back? (laughs) At this point. 2022 has not been it for DC soccer in general. Actually, it hasn't been it for DC sports. 
Um, yeah, yeah like, can can we get Trinity? Can we get our stars back? Like seriously, like, this is ridiculous. I man, so much for a pizza party at the start of the season, right? Um, well, I'll say this. I'll say this. They got hit hard with that terrible schedule to start the year. I they blame finally, it. Well, and they terrible. got. Yeah, I did, I, the schedule was bad. The Challenge Cup placements were awful. The way the Challenge Cup was constructed in general was awful. And since then, they've never been able to just, you know, lift themselves out of it. It looked like this game was the best opportunity to do it. After a first half of basically each team feeling themselves out a little bit, I felt like the second half, the spirit really got going. Yet they just could never find that final touch on the final third. They never had that shot that they could just trust. And, and they had multiple opportunities. I, I, I thought of everyone who played up top, I really did enjoy. Um, I thought everybody played well. That's the thing. I thought Terry McCown um, played well. I thought Jordan played well for the limited minutes he had. And, heck, you got to give Tiana Alexander credit. You know, she drew the penalty, uh, regardless of what I think the penalty was. Um, she drew the penalty, was able to get get the spirit in, a chance to tie the game. And it just never – it didn't materialize. I thought that the – I'm curious, and we're currently recording this in the middle of the press conference, so hopefully Ward can explain the decision of having Alexander take the penalty kick. Uh, I always thought that Sam Staub, even though she's been on and off with her set pieces the whole season, I thought she was going to kick it, and clearly I was wrong. But give French the credit, those were great saves. She had multiple, multiple great saves. One of them, got to even give it to the center back who tracked back, was on the line. I thought it passed French. It was going to go in, but they cleared the ball out. Like I thought Kansas City played well defensively for most of the game, but when the Spirit had their chances offensively, they just couldn't pass French at all. No, I, 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 was, wondering, I was wondering for parts of the game going, Man, AD French should be in Mexico right now playing the CONCACAF W tournament, <laughs> man. Not, not, not playing in Segra, illustrious Segra field. No, I, they could not, did not have an answer for AD French. I think AD French was the player of the game to be, if we're going to, if we're talking in the interest of fairness. She made some incredible saves. I think the Spirit had some really good looks in, in front of goal. They just couldn't finish it. And overall, I think the Spear were just unlucky today. It, it, they they couldn't catch a break, and and that kind of, and sometimes luck factors into certain into, into the game as well. And so that's what most that's probably what mostly happened was just the luck the luck of the draw wasn't there for them. Sorry for the cliche, but it's kind of how how this game kind of went for the Spirit for the most part. Yeah, and. I will say this, like Marissa Shiva, um, she was the COVID signing at first and then made the permanent signing. She she signed briefly as a COVID replacement and then added to the roster once the like fully uh, as this right before the season began. Um, she played in Spain prior to she also played at the Utah Royals. I thought she played really, really well. I'm, I'm very impressed with what she's done playing in the, in the uh, right-hand side of that top three. I thought she was very active and really with her speed and her dribbling ability, I thought that she combined well and did a lot to mess with Kansas City's structure defensively. I thought she was going to score, honestly. I really did. I thought Tara should have gotten more time. I know she played 80 minutes. I thought she could play the full 90. I know they're trying to, like, you know, that she just got But I really did think she was ready for 90 minutes. And I'm curious going forward on how the Spirit react. Um, yeah, and I had Freddie playing that Andy Nahar 
winger role defensively, go up when you can. And it was working really well for the opening 20 minutes of the first half. But at some point, it's like Kansas City pinned them down. And then it was just a possession game for the first half. And got to moments where you were rolling your eyes going, geez, could someone attack? But in the <laughs> second half, you really saw the spirit came out very aggressive, looking for the final touch, looking for attempts on goal. But it's missing that final touch. And that's where you would see Ashley Sanchez. That's where you would see a Trinity Rodman. Heck, Ashley Hatch would have had multiple opportunities in this game and I think would have scored just her by herself had she not gotten called up and she's earned the call up as the Golden Boot winner. She's earned everything she's gotten recently. I'm glad that she's getting these looks, but I warned you guys on this podcast this would happen. That the spirit will like they do well with getting youth, but the youth need to get experience. They tend to get the experience when the national teamers leave, but that becomes a problem when you don't have a lot of veterans staying behind. This is a very young group, relying a lot on young players to have very little experience of more than three to four years experience. So this is what's bound to happen. And it showed when you saw Alexander take that PK. It was a low to the right. French read that from the moment. But you did catch something. I caught it on the replay. French did cheat a little. She jumped before the she kick. She jumped wide before the kick. <laughs> but again, like I don't, I don't think NWSL has VAR or Segra. No, it has, doesn't. <laughs> even then, Segra would have the lack of Wi-Fi to even run VAR in the first place. But <laughs> yeah, their VAR, they would have retaken it again because AD French jumped out of her line. I mean, it still doesn't take away that she made a great save and then took a boot to the face by Collins on the rebound. <laughs> That's but true. she jumped the line. And also, I can't be too harsh on Alexander for missing the penalty. It takes some real stones to actually take a penalty as a young player. And shout out to her for stepping up and saying, yo, I got this. But at the end, you know, she didn't got this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, the less said, the better. I think, you know, hopefully she'll she'll bounce back from this. And yeah, it, it, she's young. She'll she'll be fine. I think it's one of those things that co- that comes with the territory of being a professional footballer, if you will. You're gonna miss the penalty every once in a while. Just you know, bounce back, and you'll be well, fine. Thanks to North Carolina. The Spirit are no longer in last place. Oh. Spirit are now with nine points in 11th. North Carolina, eighth. If they have one more win. Those draws are coming into play, y'all. <laughs> those draws, <laughs> those six draws. Man, it's not been smooth sailing for the two finalists of the uh, Challenge Cup this year, huh? No, in in. Speaking of, D.C. will play uh, Orlando this upcoming week. They'll return to the safe confines of Audi Field, no longer on that bouncing dread. That yes. Is the, the yes, they're finally going to a stadium with indoor plumbing. Well, well not even just that. It will, it's going to be their last quote-unquote home game for a little bit as they go on a two-game road trip after that to North Carolina and r- racing Louisville. So... They need if they want to get a result before they go on the road, they have to they have to get it out of Orlando, which last time they had a two goal lead and then they blew it. So I I do think that they're gonna want to get uh, avenge that. <laughs> they want to avenge yeah, that. Yeah, just don't blow a two goal lead this time if you do. Let's just be quick here. The ending, I think we're stating the obvious when we say this: the U.S. women's national team is perfect. Uh, they're 2-0 and in group play. They're already qualified for the 2023 World Cup thanks to beating Jamaica 5-0. And then Haiti with the stunner, downing Mexico 3-0. Uh, the U.S. will is poised to finish the top of their group. Haiti or Jamaica would need to, like, win by a lot, and Mexico would have to beat the U.S. by a lot. That's just... Not happening. Uh, (laughs) 
Opportunity no, robbed and got a uh, goal. Especially with the way Mexico's been playing in this tournament, that really isn't going to happen. So the U.S. will face uh, Mexico, ironically enough, this Monday. And then the semifinals and the final, the winner of the final will go to the Olympics. I think we've been watching nothing but thorough domination. There have been little bits and pieces like against Haiti, the United States struggling to handle their speed. But I did think at some point they figured it out and just elected not to pour on uh, after 3-0. But also they were a little reserved because they weren't sure about that speed that caught them off guard. But I thought with Jamaica, you know, they gave Alex Morgan the night off and that looked fine to me. (laughs) Hey, you know. I think going into this tournament, you kind of figure, well, the U.S. is going to get the first part of the job done, which is going to make it to the World Cup. You, you got you got to earn the right to defend your title, I guess. Uh, there's not much to explain other than this has been thoroughly dominant. Yeah, the Haiti game left a little bit of questions that needed to be answered because they didn't really have much of an answer for Haiti's speed. Then again, the following game, Mexico didn't really have an answer for Haiti at all. So I don't know what else to say. I feel like the U.S. should, and I'm not saying this to be cocky. I'm not saying this to be confident or anything like that. But I feel that the U.S. will cruise to the final and most likely make it to the Olympics. I'm saying that right now. Because it feels that way. It could be totally <laughs> different. It may play out totally different. So please, don't put me on freezing cold takes. I'm just giving this as a disclaimer right now. <laughs> well, I mean, Costa Rica got out their group. Canada looks to be getting out of their group. So it's just who will land in second place. More than likely is going to be Costa Rica. Um, but if it's Canada, it sets up an interesting game. Because that was hopefully going to be the final. Um, So we'll see what happens with Group B. I think the U.S., obviously, you're obligated to win every game. Because if you don't, the only way you get in the Olympics after that is if you become the World Cup winner. So I believe. If not, I'll cut this. But, you know, the Olympics matter much here in this country. It's not something you could just goes by some people, you know, our youth team, just to give an example, when the youth men's team just won recently and qualified the Olympics, everyone was excited and it even touched the non-soccer public. So it tells you how much and how important people take the Olympics here. And just to have the U.S. name in the Olympics means something. The women thoroughly dominate the Olympics. It would suck if they're unable to play in the Olympics or defend any of their medals that they won because they lost a CONCACAF tournament. So I think it would just be, they need to win. They do need to solve some issues, but I do think that they're slowly starting to develop players that can fit in the starting 11 going forward. I think Sophia Smith is wonderful. She's perfect for if they play either two months. She's a baller. She can play wingers she could play part of a three in the front they could play behind the main striker i i just she could even play the nine for you i think she makes the team more versatile the way she plays uh roosevelt playing in the midfield i think she's slowly she's slowly taking that position on her own like it's not a 10 midfielder position but i like that she's able to still be very impactful in this setup, even though she's not a 10. Uh, Ashley Sanchez as well. I thought Ashley Sanchez has played really well for the national team since she's come in. And Christy Mewis is someone we all need to look at. She can play forward, but also play midfielder. Her versatility as well is going to be very important. This team lacks number sixes or that that deep-lying midfielder. She could definitely help in that role if called upon. We don't want to make it a habit, obviously, but like she's just been very good, just like attempts, uh, creating passes, and and going 
helping the attack, coming off the bench and still being an impact. I, I think she's one to be reckoned with going forward. Obviously, with all the spirit players there, like, of course, I think they're all impactful. But uh, I do like what I see from Sophia Smith, and I definitely like what I see from Sophia Huerta and definitely uh, Christy Mewis. No, I, I believe that this team ha- has players that can play in multiple positions, like you said. I, I think this is just gonna it's just gonna be a cakewalk from here on out. I I believe I think if they make it to the final and play Canada, it's gonna be their most uh, difficult. This is gonna be their most difficult game. But I think Andy Sullivan and Lindsey Horan are two options that you would play in the center of the on the center of the park as well. And they they've both shown that they can that they can take command of the center midfield along with Christy Mewis. So it's interesting how what Vlaco has at his dispo, at his disposal, and it just shows that how versatile and how and how many weapons you have offensively and defensively if you're the U.S. Women's National Team. We're gonna end this here because this is already too long as is. It's shorter than the original one, but let's end it here. Well, obviously, if you're tuning in and you probably just heard the U.S. with the soccer segment, you heard the spirit segment. Great, I'm glad you heard it. Thank you for still listening. But we're gonna let you go now to make sure. We continue reporting on this <laughs> as well as getting ready for the next episode of the podcast. So before we let you go, Mario, tell the people where they can find out more about you. All right. If you want to know what I'm working on or you just want to see my initial reaction of all the madness that just happened in the last 30 minutes, you can follow me on Twitter at Mario Maya one You want to know what's going on in the world around you? What Wayne Rooney may be doing back in D.C. or just news going around the DMV? You can follow El Tempo Latino 2 on Twitter. At El Tiempo Latino. You could go on their website, eltiempolatino.com. And if you just want to put money in my pocket, you could go get yourself a hard copy of El Tiempo Latino at your local newsstand or metro station today. I just wanted to tell you guys, The Athletic has sent me three different alerts. This thing is legit, ladies and gentlemen. Wayne Rooney <laughs> is going to come to dang DC United again, this time being the head coach of DC United. As always, remember to rate, subscribe as always on Anchor, Spotify, and all your platforms. You can follow me on Twitter at Jose underscore M underscore Manda for more. Special shout out as always to Kevin McLeod and Impotech for the intro music. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special weird edition of the Bad Hombres FC podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our mess. I hope it sounds as more coherent than we feel right now. And we hope to talk to you soon. Adios.